On your discipleship journey, you may go on a different road than your neighbor, and each path is unique to the individual walking it. This is an invitation to move deeper in our relationship with God, with our C3 family, and move at a pace that fits your capacity. It's time to discover where you are as you explore the C3 pathways. As we dive in, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10. Um, kids, I have, some, I have some things for you as well. So um, uh, I'll let you know when that is. Uh, they're, they're, they're actionable steps, and we're going to partake in that and practice that in here in the sanctuary this morning. I think it's important as we, even as we read Scripture, that there are tangible things that we can apply in, into our lives right away. Um, I know as a, as, a, as a learner, Right of life uh, constantly. Uh, if I'm not applying that right away, uh, I can I, I can lose and miss what God is inviting me into or what I'm learning in that moment. But we'll be in Hebrews chapter 10, and a couple questions um, that I want to start us off with of, of of for the C3 discipleship pathway, and for for us as a church family here. One of the things we're going to be looking at today is why do we question is why do we gather. Why do we come together and gather? Why do we get together? Uh, why do, um, as, as Pastor Elmer brings the kids up here, kids and teenagers, why do we, why do we gather and even and partake in that kind of, uh, of, of thing? And um, I talk about be fruitful and multiply. Mercy sakes, right? Just love the, the kids being together. Um, and so, uh, kids, I know that you maybe this morning thought, yeah, I get to go to class today and be with my teacher this morning. Um, I happen to be your teacher this morning. And aren't you excited that I'm in the place of your teacher? Aren't you excited? Kids are like, hey, great. Um, it'll be good. It'll be good, I promise. The other question is, so why do we gather? Why is it important to gather? Why is it important to come together? Again, like I said, there are churches across the, the northwest, from South Portland all the way even some churches up north who are not meeting today uh, for, for inclement weather reasons, right? For things that are going on, for freezing temperatures. And there are, there are churches who are not gathering in person today. And we have the, the benefit, the... the um, by God's grace, the ability to meet today and to gather in person. But also, we also gather uh, online as well. We have people connecting in, in their homes or wherever they happen to be, virtually on their, on their, on their phones or on their, on their tablets, on their, on their TVs, and they can connect in, 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 in virtually with us as a church. So why do we gather? Why is it important? And what does the Bible say about the gathering of believers? Because the Bible does speak to the believers gathering. That it is important that believers do gather together because in a world where it is set up as opposite of God's kingdom, everything that most of how the world operates is opposite of God's kingdom and in the way that God's kingdom works, it is important for believers, the believers of God, to come together and to commune together with one another and with God. And so... This morning, that's what we're going to dive into. Yeah, hopefully answering many of these, all of these questions in ways that are helpful. But there are further study, and I would encourage you as you dive in um, to understand better, why do we gather? It is more than just coming in on a Sunday and sitting in a sanctuary and, and, and worshiping together and, and singing and, and hearing a, a preacher preach uh, out of the word. It's more than that. Because that's about consuming spiritual goods and services. We are not a church that provides spiritual goods and services. We're not a, we are not a spiritual vending machine. Let me say that again. We are not a spiritual vending machine. 
We don't come with our, our spiritual need and put it in uh, the receive the, the coin slot and We don't put it in and then push F7 and say, well, this is what I want today, God. No, in fact, as believers, we walk into uh, being a part of a church family. We say there, there might be needs that I do have and, and possess today that I desire for God to speak into. But Lord, what is it that you're inviting me into? We are not a church of, of uh, providing spiritual goods and services, but we are a church devoted to hearing from God and responding to him. That's the church that we are. And so um, there, there, there are uh, important reasons of why you're in here because as a fellow believer and believing in Jesus, following him, a disciple of Christ, you get to speak into other people in their lives. You get to um, encourage them, edify one another, hold one another accountable, right? All the good things that when we come together as a church family, you get to offer that. It isn't just pastoral staff or ministry staff or staff of a church or the elders of a church. It is all of us partaking together. So when you are in this room together, you get to speak to that. Your presence here in this room is important. What God and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in this room is important. It's why we offer up, uh, when we do exhortation and the kids' blessing, and we have other people doing that throughout the church, it's more than just the voice of the pastor or the voice of, of Devin and the team leading us in, in music and worship. It is a collective hearing from God and sharing it with his people. This is the kind of church we pursue. And so... Um, uh, I'm, I'm skipping ahead in my slides, but we have a, in these questions, we, well, we showed last week this, vid, this video, but we also have a website that exists on our, on our page, or a page on our website. And it's the C3, uh, uh, the pathway. And so within these four areas, there are drop-downs, like for C3 gathering. There's Sunday mornings, classes, Bible studies, and, and that's uh, uh, seasonal, and there's things you can check out, but we also have the, the give, that's your time, financial, gifts, uh, serve in these different areas to serve within the, the, the church, within the ministries that go on here, but also outside, our, our mission partners, um, as well as C3 community groups, refresh groups, uh, connect groups, and support groups that exist. And there are links in some of these drop-downs for areas that you can connect and find out where you're at in your, in your spiritual life, in your pathway that God has got you on in the life of the church where is, there, where is it there's an invitation for you to step into and live this out? All right, let's dive into Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembly together, as, as, as it is a habit of some. But encourage one another, and, uh, and all the more, and to see the day draw near. 
Within this passage, the writer of Hebrews, there's three exhortations. And we're gonna, we're gonna pull those out of this passage. So stay in there in Hebrews chapter 10. The first exhortation is in verse 22, uh, where it says, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from, uh, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed pure with water, or washed with pure water. So this first exhortation, this first invitation for, uh, for change or, or, or for transformation to take place, and why the, why, the, why the gathering exists of God's people, is this, is this idea to draw near, and it's to draw near to God and to one another. So first, to draw near to God is that our heart has been cleansed by the sacrifice of Jesus on a cross and his resurrection from the dead. Our hearts are washed clean, offering us a way back to God, offering us a, 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 in, in ourselves, in our bodies, to be present before God and, and to draw near to him. It's also an invitation to, in, the, in this transformation, transformational work that God's doing is to draw near to one another. How often do, do we maybe go throughout our week and we feel lonely, separated, isolated, right? If, if there isn't any weather event that could make us feel more isolated than uh, inclement weather and, and, and well, the, the, we're gonna have a blizzard here, right? We all freak out, but there isn't, even in the weather circumstance that we've walked through this last week and, and even this weekend. But there are, there are times also, weather aside, that we feel lonely, isolated. It's just us or it's just me. It's me, it's me myself, and I. And, and that's, you know, we're not very entertaining the long term. But even in this weather event this weekend, like, there, I have neighbors who are, do not want to go out in this weather. And so that it's on Lori and I to check in on him. How are you doing? Are you staying warm? Also, I woke up this morning to say my outside th uh, uh, temperature was 18 degrees. I cannot remember a time when it was that cold around here. And so wanting to, needing to check on my neighbors, are you able to stay warm? We can feel isolated in just our everyday life, whether related or not weather related, in this, in this passage of Hebrews 10, there's an invitation to draw near to one another and drawing near to God. Drawing not near to God and drawing near to fellow believers. Again, our heart has been cleansed, our conscience made perfect by the blood of Christ. It opens a door, gives us access to be with God. It also opens a door and brings us access to be with one another. Right? We might be going through a struggle and, 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 and it's not, things aren't working out, but to know that I've got people who I can reach out to who are gonna pray for me, who are gonna call me up, and how are you doing? Right? I meet regularly with a, a couple people, and the first question they ask me when I sit down, and I don't know if it's on my face or not, but they say, how are you doing? What's great about those relationships is I'm able to sit down and just be honest. Because <laughs> you could sit down and say, how are you doing? You're like, I'm great, it's fine, it's fine, it's okay, right? But not really be honest about, yeah, this was, this was hard. This thing I'm navigating was difficult. This area of my life or relationships that I'm, I'm, I'm walking through is difficult. Be able to sit down and, and just and lay it out, be honest and drawing near to one another in the way that God invites us to draw near to him. 
Okay, kids, stand up. Kids, stand up. All right. Can you see me? Can you see me? Good. Good. So you're standing in a place you decided to sit today, your parents or whoever you came with, your grandparents or whatnot, uh, invited you or told you you're gonna sit here, right? And for some of you, you're further back. I, like, um, there's one here in the second row, but nobody's in the front row. This is the invitation that God invites in this exhortation, is to draw near, meaning that you might be where you're at, and this drawing near is God coming to you, not you always having to make that way to God. It's God getting closer and drawing near to you in the same way that I'm coming closer to wherever you are seated here in this sanctuary. This is the invitation. And the closer I get, maybe the more nervous you, you become of like, where is he gonna stop? Is he gonna come? But this is the invitation God is, is offering here in this, in this exhortation of drawing near. It's God coming to you. It's God coming to where you're at. It's God uh, coming off of wherever you saw him or believed him to be. And he says, I'm coming and desire to draw near to you. Wherever you're at, I desire, I desire to draw near to you, right? And then when you recognize God's drawing near to me, do you get excited? Maybe a little anxious in anticipation? God's coming near to me, right? He's coming closer. God's near to me, this is the invitation. And then you have an opportunity to respond. Okay, kids, you can sit down. I stand the whole service. <laughs> this is the invitation we have for one another, that we get to draw near to one another, not just sitting and waiting for someone to approach me, but if God puts someone on my heart to draw near to, to come closer to, that's the invitation to move. That's the invitation to make a phone call or a text or reach out. I'm praying for you. I want to be with you and near you in this moment. The second exhortation is in verse 23 of chapter 10. It says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he has promised, for, for he who promised is faithful. This exhortation, this invitation to transformation here, uh, the second one is, is, is to hold is to hold unwaveringly in the hope we confessed and to know that Christ is trustworthy. It's to hold, to hold on to the promises of God, to hold on to the promises that what God has said is true and I can trust it. What God said about Jesus is true and we can read through scripture, all those promises, all those prophecies came true. The 300 plus prophecies of Jesus, written about Jesus, written about the Messiah, all came true in the person of Jesus. And we can hold on to those promises. Because there are, again, there are moments that we gather in, 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 in our relationship, or gather together, but in our relationship with God, moving and Him drawing near to us. We can have moments where we might feel isolated. And then in this way, we, can, we need to hold on to the promises of God. Holding on to the promises of God and holding on to one another. God is trustworthy. We live in a world that is full of, it's fallen, it's broken, and there are areas that we've lost trust with people who are in our lives. It happens. It happens. 
We can hold to, on to one another in the way that God has invited us to, to hold on to him as a trustworthy God. We can hold on to one another. Now I do this out of uh, not desiring a reciprocal response from anyone, but holding on to one another because I recognize this is uh, uh, my call to do so. Not out of a role I hold or out of, uh, out of guilt or just, I just, I'm gonna have to do this, but like out of, this is how I know what Jesus is doing within me and the desire to hold on to others who profess faith in Christ. Because in doing so, yes, it might put me at a, a space that I'm vulnerable to be hurt or to lose trust, but I know if I don't do that, boy, I don't have anything left to hold on to. We're a family of God. And though we're as imperfect of a family as it gets and as dysfunctional in certain ways as it gets, we are called to hold on to one another in the way that we hold on to God and, his tr- and, and he is a trustworthy God. And so kids, stand up for a moment. Don't worry, I'm not coming out in the aisles. I don't know who you came with this morning, kids. Um, but you might have come with your mom or dad, you might have come with a grandparent, might have come with a neighbor. Uh, likely you came with someone you know. And for mo- in a moment here, I'm gonna invite you to do something with the person you came with. I'm gonna invite you to hold them. As you know that if you hold a hug for, uh, Devin, what is it, 20? 23 seconds or longer, I don't know if it's diminishing return, but gotta get to 23. If you hold on to a hug and embrace for 23 seconds, it releases um, oxytocin, thank you. Releases a chemical, I don't know. (laughs) It releases oxytocin, that's a good feeling. You get a good feeling when you do that. And so kids, I'm gonna invite you to with the person you came with, you get to choose. I'm gonna turn to them and I want you to hold them. I want you to hold them. Go ahead. I know I invited children to do this, but if you have someone that you are comfortable going to hold or put an arm around, in this way we hold on to one another because we hold on to the promises of God for his promises are trustworthy and they're true. We don't just do that in word, but we have to do it in action, meaning we have to hold on to one another. To hold and to care. That's the exhortation here, the second one in verse 23, to hold on to God, to hold on to one another. The third one is in, in, in verse 24 of chapter 10. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Some passages say provoke. Um, Henry was mentioning this a while back, a couple months ago maybe, but he was like bathing in Hebrews chapter 10 and letting this, this passage wash over him. And this idea of provoking one another to love and good deeds. The only area that I necessarily, where I hear the word provoke is when I am provoking someone, uh, which can be, it, it can be, it's a, I would say it's a personality defect in me, but provoke a response. I'm the youngest of three, right? And my siblings, I provoke a response. I, I, I poke, I press, 
I provoke something to respond to me. And as the youngest, you might imagine that was for attention, yes? So I, 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 I poke and I prod and I, oh, just, yeah, just whatever it is, positive or negative, I didn't really care. I just wanted something. And so even in this, in this exhortation, this um, to, to provoke or to, um, and my translation says to, uh, to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, but like that we'd encourage one another, that it would, that it would, that it would um, require a response, require an action to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Now, not in a negative way where we're pushing buttons and guilting or shaming, but do you see what God is doing? Do you recognize the invitation to love and to put your hands and feet to the work of the kingdom of God? Are we provoking one another to step out into areas that otherwise maybe we would be too nervous to do, uh, too anxious or scared to do that? Now, kids, I'm not asking you to stand, and I do not want you to provoke your parents. <laughs> My kids, right? Or <laughs> don't provoke your parents. But, per, but to stimulate, to provoke one another to love and good deeds for what God is already at work in and where he's inviting us to partake in his kingdom work. I would say even to encourage us to open our eyes to see where God is, is breaking in. He's inviting us into, into those moments to see about the kingdom of God that we provoke one another to love and to good deeds. And that is a part of being a church family. That's what, it, that's what a part of the C3 discipleship pathway is that this is a desire of our church to provoke one another to love and to good deeds, to see where God is at work and to partner in that. And as we wrap up this morning, the final exhortation, it's not one we read yet, but in, in Hebrews chapter 10, at the end of this uh, chapter in verse 39, the writer of Hebrews here in this, in this chapter gives us a final exhortation in verse 39. We are, not, we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. In some of the translation, it gets lost, but this idea of uh, that we're not among those who shrink back to perdition, this perdition is this state of unrepentance. We don't shrink back to a place of, you know what, this is just where I'm at and where I guess I'll exist, and we just, we're, we're find ourselves in a place where I'm just, I'm not gonna go anywhere else. We do not shrink back to a place of perdition, a place of unrepentance. We don't shrink back to destruction. We don't fall back. We don't fall back and rally to troops and circle the wagons. We don't do that. We don't serve a God who circles the wagon and draws back into a safety of, of the castle or a safety of the church. We don't draw back. Because as soon as church, as soon as we draw back, it's over. The church is dead. We don't fall back to destruction. We don't fall back to an unrepentant state, but of faith to the pres uh, preservation of the soul. We move forward knowing that what God is inviting us into is a victory that's already been won. We are just, we need, we need to be obedient to walk it out. 
The victory's been won, but we do need to be obedient to walk it out, not shrinking back, not circling the wagons, moving forward in the way God has called us, seeking health and wholeness in areas that God is inviting us to partake in. It's reasons we've started classes like Financial Peace University. It's reason we have a class like Sexual Integrity 101. It's reasons we have in working towards a parenting through the phase and a parenting class. It's things that it's a reason we have prayer groups meeting Wednesday and Sunday morning. We don't shrink back. We don't fall back. We don't circle the wagons. We don't find ourselves in a place of security knowing that, listen, we're living in a world that is opposite of the, of the kingdom of God, but God's calling us into those places. He's calling us into those areas to see about the goodness of God and his kingdom breaking in for hope to be in places where there's hopelessness. Where there's brokenness, he's calling us into to offer uh, help, care, love. All the things that Jesus is, is, is about and has led us into that as well. This is the invitation. We don't, we don't shrink back. This is the final exhortation, is that we move forward. We pursue for the preservation of the soul, knowing that it is the desire of God to reconcile this world back to him, to be back in right relationship with the Father. And that's the invitation for us, that we walk in that. If we're walking in right relationship with God, he's inviting us to partake in that effort, in that work, in that kingdom work. Others who maybe have existing in a place of destruction or existing in a place where it's like, this is, I guess, just the life I will live. That's not the God we serve. The God we serve desires for every soul to be reconciled. And when the church says yes to that mission, wherever we may exist on this pathway, when the church says yes to that mission, that becomes a single solitary road. Though we might all come at it from different pathways. If that's the mission of the church, it's a single solitary road covered by the grace of God. Walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Kids, this is not just an invitation for, for the adults in this room. This is an invitation for the whole church, which... By the grace of God, I'm glad this is a family service. You may not, you may feel differently, but this is the message is for all. It doesn't start when you graduate. It doesn't begin in your 20s or 30s or later on in life. It starts when you say yes to Jesus. So I'm glad we're all in the room together saying yes to Jesus. As we worship this morning, God is inviting you into a response. If God is inviting you into actively responding, if it's at the altar here uh, or at the crossover here or any one of the stations that exists or, or just in responding in your spirit, my encouragement invitation is respond in the way God is calling you and inviting you. Because within Hebrews 10, there's an invitation, but there's also a challenge for us to walk out and to live out. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, 
Lead us, I pray, into this time. Is there, Lord, maybe things that you're, you're inviting us to respond to actively. Maybe you're inviting us to lay down things we've been holding on to. Maybe you're inviting us to draw near to others. Maybe we have kept it at arm's length. Maybe you're inviting us to hold on to one another as we hold on to your promises. Whatever the response is, Lord Jesus, speak to us. Move in a mighty way, we pray. In your name, amen.